Hello, I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp. Welcome to the Biohack Your Beauty podcast, where we take a deep dive into the world of biohacking, spirituality, wealth, and self-development. Join me in exploring paths to health sovereignty, freedom, and ultimate well-being with the experts, teachers, and guides who are leading the revolution. Hello, hello, beautiful ones. I hope you're doing amazing. Happy, happy spring. We're one week into spring. It's getting lighter earlier and staying lighter later. It's a little bit sunnier, although if you are in California like me, there have been some crazy storms here and there. But overall, it seems like spring is finally here, which makes the timing for today's show absolutely perfect because today we are talking about quantum biology and so much of that relates to stepping outside your door. I'm so honored and delighted to have Carrie Bennett on the show today. With multiple degrees in biology, nutrition, and body work, Carrie's relentless enthusiasm, which you will experience on today's episode, to learn has made her one of the leading educators in the emerging field of quantum biology. So she combines deep research and clear explanations of the complex quantum mechanics at play in the human body to teach you how to use light, water, and nature to thrive. In this episode, we talk about the free biohacks available to us for anti-aging and healing, the four foundational pillars of health, they're accessible and really not all that complex, setting our circadian rhythm, how to get better sleep and improved energy, what specific frequency of light matters most for anti-aging and health, whether you get the benefits of sunlight on a cloudy day, and so much more. This is one of my favorite episodes to date. So without further ado, on to the show. Hello, Carrie. How are you today? I'm great, Dora. I'm so excited to chat with you. I'm so excited too. I actually just told Carrie before we started recording that she's kind of pretty to me because she is such a pioneer in sharing this information that is so incredibly important and foundational for well-being. And as somebody who's been biohacking a really long time, I don't know anyone who puts it so clearly and so digestively as you do. So I'm very happy to have you here. Thanks, Dora. That's so nice of you to say. And I love, I love talking about this stuff. You, I mean, you could probably sense that it's, it's so cool to be able to share this information with people who are interested. So I'm thrilled to be on your chat with you today. Amazing. Well, I love to kind of start off every conversation by just asking, how did you get here? How did you become to, to be this quantum clinician, this educator? Oh gosh. Right. You know, it's, it's not the way I started. Uh, I thought I would, it's not, you know, I didn't wake up as a kid, be like, yeah, I'm going to be a quantum clinician. <laughs> what the heck? Um, I have had my own health journey. Um, I, but I've also been working with clients for a very long time. And even before that, you know, in undergraduate school, I loved science. I specifically picked the university I was attending simply because it had a really sweet nerdy science program. Right. So it was like, yes, I want to dive into all that. Um, and it was great, right? I, I I learned all about, I was, you know, studying really deep into microbiology and really deep into the nervous system. And it was great um, until I was about to graduate. And, you know, I was supposed to be a doctor. I was supposed to get a PhD. And there was, you know, it's like this fork in the road. Okay, doctor, PhD, doctor, PhD. And I had this breakdown, neither of, I didn't want to do either. They just didn't resonate with me. Um, and so, you know, I was blessed with, I am blessed with beautiful understanding parents who basically were like, okay, we're going to support you. Where do you feel like you want this to go? And basically I said, well, you know, I'm being called to massage therapy school and they were like, okay, uh, let's make sure you get a job, put yourself through. We'll support you. We, we really believe in you. So I got the only job that I knew being a college athlete, I became a personal trainer. And, um, that was cool, right? Because it's like, I'm under, I understood the body from more of a, 
you know, like a Western uh, schooling perspective in undergraduate school. And then of course, like the body as an athlete, like what can I do to maintain my, my athleticism, my physique? Uh, and then massage therapy school, a totally different view of the body. It was like, oh, energy, flow, the ability to kind of calm down and allow the body to just regenerate and repair and heal. It was such a different perspective and I loved it. And so, you know, I'm going forward. I'm in my early twenties. It's like, yeah, okay. Massage therapy for some people, personal training for others. Woo. This is fun. Um, and it was going, it was going great. Right. You know, and people were getting, feeling good. Uh, but then I was getting more and more challenging cases, if you will. People were coming in and were like, well, you know, I've, I've got this complex illness and I'd really like support with. And then I, after the birth of my first child, developed my own complex illness of this, this debilitating bout of insomnia, adrenal fatigue, like being tired but not able to sleep is the worst, digestive issues puffy pain. My joints just didn't feel good at all. Um, and so like any good nerd, right. I went to back to school to get a master's degree in clinical nutrition and yeah, nutrition was cool. It did some stuff. It, it moved the needle a little bit, but it just, you know, I, I didn't want to accept the fact that I was at my prime, right? Like I didn't want to accept the fact that just feeling eh and kind of making it through was the best version of myself that I could be. And so I kept on diving, like, what am I missing? What am I missing? And I came across the work of Dr. Jack Cruz and he spoke all about sunlight and circadian rhythm and mitochondrial health. And I was like, well, it's worth a shot, right? You know, and actually it really <laughs> resonated with me because of he spoke in such a it's such a way that made sense. And so I was like, okay, let me try this whole sunlight and light and circadian rhythm thing. And I'll be dang, I within three or three days or so, I started feeling like a completely different person. My energy was restored. My sleep was so much better. My digestion improved from circadian rhythm alone. And so I was sold. I was hooked. I was like, okay, I have to learn everything I could possibly can about this and share this with as many people who are willing to hear about it because it made a huge difference. Wow. That's so cool to think that you tried all of these things and this person just inspired you to tap into something on a whim and it completely changed your life. And it's just so cool to think that it's something so incredibly simple that is actually something anyone can really apply, right? Like so many of the things that you teach are available to us, like right out of our, our doorstep. Absolutely. It, the, I love the simplicity of it. I love that the majority, so many of these things are legitimately free. Um, and what I needed in order, because it almost seems too good to be true, you know, and what I needed, I needed like the quantum biology behind it. Like I needed to understand like this deep level of science behind it before I actually honored the, a, a consistent practice of doing it. Um, and I know a lot of people who are like that, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, sunlight. Yeah, yeah. You know, get to bed at, at, at a normal time. Yeah, yeah. Touch the bare earth. But it was like, no, but it's like, no, but wait, there's more. Like there's so much to that, that I really needed. I want you, I want people to understand it at that deeper level so that they recognize how really truly important it is to have a consistent practice around these things on a daily basis. Mm. So I want to get into those practices because they're awesome. Here, your way of describing quantum, because mm -hmm. this is especially a word that is very it's kind of thrown around right now. I think there's some really beautiful ways that it's used, but it's confusing. Like, what does that even mean? So can you illustrate what is quantum? What does that mean? Yes. Thank you. Great question. Um, okay. So first and foremost, number one, I, I want people to remove a barrier right now, thinking that quantum means something that's too scientific or challenging to understand. And I also want to remove the barrier of quantum sounding too woo for people to understand. When we're talking about the quantum level and the quantum operations of the body, it's the idea that my body is made up of a bunch of cells and those cells contain proteins and molecules and chemicals. And each one of those is made up with a combination of atoms, right? Back to high school chemistry. And each one of those atoms is made up of electrons, protons, neutrons, and those electrons interact with photons. 
So basically at the core of who I am, I have a bunch of subatomic particles that are cooperating, allowing me to be me. And so it's the, it's just understanding the body below the level of chemistry. Um, and, you know, a, a colleague in this area who I respect immensely, um, Veronica Panagopoulos, she always says it is that the, the biophysics is what animates the biochemistry of the body. So what I was talking about, the particles, the electrons, protons, neutrons, and photons, that's the physics of the body. And we can actually, we actually know so much about that level of the body and how to influence it that then we get downstream supporting cascades and things like biochemistry, hormones, you know, all these other things that are really, really important as well. But that's all it is, is I'm, I'm just talking about the body at a slightly finer scale and then all the things that we can do to support it. Mm, I love that. And it's again, so digestible for people because like I didn't even have high school chemistry, like that wasn't even a thing. So for me, the scientific stuff, there's people who need the breakdown and the explanation and might be one of those people for me. I'm like, I trust this person. I respect this person. I'm just going to do it. I don't need to understand how it works. I get it. I see the results. I'm, I'm all for it. But then there's other people who, who, who want the breakdown, who, who need the breakdown to be able to kind of fully be open to go. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the simple things that are the, you call them uh, the simple things that are the foundation for human health. So what are those things? I know you talk about four specific things. Absolutely. So I really talk about light, water, electrons, and mitochondria and understanding how we support those in our bodies. And I love the foundation of light. Because I think light is really a very, uh, it, it's a, it's an easy concept to grasp and it's an easy concept just to start to apply in daily life to see the impact that this has on your energy, your mood, your sleep, inflammation, things like that. And so first and foremost, we have to understand that light, we, we're, we're bodies that respond to light, right? Every living creature, frankly, on this planet actually responds to light. And it's only been within the past, oh, 200 or so years, less than that, actually, that we've been really able to artificially modify the light we're exposed to on a regular basis. And, you know, we didn't think anything of it necessarily until we started to understand the body from this perspective and, and to recognize that, wait a second, my body actually has sensors that cues into the light on a, on a regular basis all day long, right? to tell the time of day. And that's called my circadian rhythm. And so I recognize on a daily basis that there are things that my body wants to do based on what time of day it thinks it is. And this makes perfect sense, right, Dora? Because like, why would I be trying to do certain things in the middle of the night um, if, if, if I, I needed daylight to be able to do those things, you know? And so the body was really smart and said, okay, Carrie, you know, these humans are complex bodies. We really need to make sure that we focus and key in on set things to do at set times of the day. And so that's great. It's, it's very easy to understand that there's a, there's a period of daylight where we've optimized functions and there's a period of darkness where we've really optimized regeneration and repair. And so the question then becomes, okay, well, what am I keying in on? What exactly does my body need, need in order to tell the time to make sure these functions are really on task, right? They're, re they're really in a, in, happening in a supportive circadian way. And that's the light that's entering my eyes. The light that enters my eyes gets caught by little sensors in the backs of the eyes that communicate directly to a part in my brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. It's really considered the master timekeeper of my body. And then that part of my brain literally communicates the time of day to every single cell in my body to optimize tasks. So I liken it to like, we need a control tower that knows the time to be able to communicate and keep everything on task and on target. Otherwise, it's an airport without an air traffic controller, right? that would be chaotic. It's an Amazon delivery system where all of a sudden the timing is off by just a couple of minutes here and there. All of a sudden it's just this downstream cascade of chaos and, and that can, can lead to disasters, if you will. Um, and that same thing can happen in my body. So I need to know the time of day 
and communicate that effectively to myself. And then everything syncs up into in the way it's, it was designed to do. And there's one specific frequency of light. So frequency, right? Th these are words that I, you know, I, I do throw around. And I, I have to remember that, um, gosh, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't know what a frequency was. So the light, when you see it through a prism or a rainbow, it's split up into colors. And each of those colors have wavelengths. And each of those wavelengths can kind of measure it as a frequency. So when I talk about frequency, I'm, I'm really meaning the colors of the light. And the one color of light that my brain, that clock in my brain has really keyed in on is blue light because it really starts out, you're, it's non-existent as the day starts to break. And that blue builds in intensity until the sun is at its high point in the sky and then it goes away. So it was the perfect color to key in on to tell time. The day is getting, uh, we're getting more and more and more and more and more and more into the day. Oh, and now the daylight is going away, 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 away until at sunset, it's not there anymore. And that's when regeneration then can start. Um, and so you can imagine now then how, if we know that blue light tells time for my body, how our more artificial version of versions of blue light can be very chaotic, right? And they can give us the wrong signal. Mm, oh my gosh. So good. We talk a lot about circadian rhythm on this podcast and it's interesting because I kind of just had this download where you say in, in TCM in traditional Chinese medicine, right? Like you have certain time during the night when you need to make sure that you're sleeping because that is when specific organs are being and I always thought, how, how does the body know that? And kind of this moment, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Because if our circadian rhythm is, is on point, right? If it's in order, there isn't that chaos happening. It's addressing what it needs to address at the time it needs to be addressed, that it's like programmed, right? And yeah, light in general, like they say, the eyes are so important. That's why sunglasses, for instance, can be really detrimental to that circadian rhythm because it's not getting the buildup of blue light that it needs. Yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. So, I mean, we can picture just what, you know, an average normal day would look like for us, you know, at living as modern humans, it's okay. I'm going to wake up and it's probably a little before sunrise and going to look at my phone screen. I got to check my emails. I got to see what's going on. Um, that's a, that's like an artificial hit of bright blue light. You can turn on the bathroom light and I got to, I got to shower. I got to blow dry my hair. You know, I got to do all these things, hair, makeup, blah, blah, blah. Um, got to get ready for work Then I'm going to, then, you know, as I'm leaving the house, I'm going to put my sunglasses on to drive to work. Right. And then we get into this office and it's going to be all these fluorescent bulbs and then a screen I'm staring at. It's like, you know, it, and it's like, we, we just go throughout the day and we actually never sync up to the natural light in our environment. Right. And it's, it's easy to do. But now that I, now that I know these things, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to wear sunglasses unless it's an extremely discomfortable sensation with, for my eyes. Right. Or gosh, well, you know, I'm going to actually leave my sunroof open more, more often. So I can in the parking lot before I go into work, I can sky gaze or before I pick up my kids, I can, I just get these natural hits of light more regularly, especially the morning light, which I find is so powerful. Um, and that really can keep my clock on track so that, yeah, when I do go into the grocery store and it's garbage light for that 45 minutes or hour of time that I'm there, it's not going to throw things off in the same way as if I'm literally in chaos all the time because I haven't synced up my clock at all. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Periodically just going outside, like taking the dog out and spending a little bit of time. And I mean, I, I feel like even just nature in general as more of a kind of like esoteric thing, right? Like going outside and having that connection with nature from a more spiritual perspective, I think is really beneficial as well. I'm like into birds. I love bird watching. So me, I just make it a point every day, a couple times a day to make sure I go outside and I listen to the birds and, and all of that. But yeah, making it a priority because really, as you say, it affects everything, everything, your sleep, and then all of the functions that your body is meant to have throughout the day. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And we don't even realize it. Like little things like bird song, right? We we know. I mean, there, there's research, right? Bird song or uh, wind moving through the trees or moving water that contains uh, frequencies that we would actually pick up as sound, both in sound that we can hear and sound that we ne can't necessarily hear. And our body is just continually trying to respond to the frequencies in our environment. And it just so happens that the frequencies that come from nature are ones that almost have a tuning fork effect in our bodies, where if we have a little bit of a frequency that's off, which can happen when things like a, a receptor on my cell membrane is misshapen a little bit, we now know that applying sound to can ch change the shape of proteins in the body so they function better. So going into nature isn't necessarily um, a, a luxury. Like you can't view it as like a, every once in a while, oh yeah, you know, nature walk sounds great, don't have time for it. Or, oh yeah, sitting in the backyard, looking at the clouds, don't have time for it. Um, we have to view that as like, wait, no, that's actually really truly medicine in the form of frequency that the body needs on a consistent basis. Amen. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about water then. Where does water come into this? So our bodies are full of it, right? We're full of water. Um, and I just didn't understand water again. It was just the idea of, okay, you know, um, I knew water as a solid ice, as a liquid, right? You know, water in a glass and then as a vapor steam. And I didn't, under, and I just had assumed that the water inside of our bodies, when we hear you're 65 to 70% water, my assumption was liquid water everywhere. Um, and that's not true. Actually, the water inside of our bodies, while some of it is in its liquid form, like blood plasma and lymphatic fluid, a lot of it is actually organized and structured into a different phase of water that was has really, the research has been popularized by Dr. Gerald Pollack called the fourth phase of water. And so the water actually in, inside, inside of our cells and just around the outside of our cells is structured into a gel phase. And in order to form that phase, the water molecules actually hook up together like hexagons and they form like these sheets of hexagons next to every biological surface. So the outside of the cell, the uh, all the microtubules and things inside of the cell, the organelles, every part of the cell that has this biological water-loving surface, the water will naturally start to literally take hexagonal shapes. And as it does that, the water becomes a, a charge. It takes on a charge, which, right, if we were to go back to like thinking about water in a glass, that's neutral. If I were to, if I were to um, like do some chemistry math at liquid for liquid H2O, it'd be neutral. There'd be no charge. When we actually measure the water in our bodies next to biological surfaces, what's called EZ or exclusion zone water, it has a negative charge. And so, and they just found out then that directly next to that negatively charged water is a line of protons, positive charge. And they, the research has shown that if you put an electrode in the positive charge and an electro, electrode in the negative charge, you light a light bulb. So what we have for our, the water in our, the water in our bodies isn't an inert solvent. It's not just there. It's not just this background fluid that things kind of float through. Um, it actually is a source of poten potential energy everywhere in the body. And we're now recognizing more and more how that happens around things like proteins, and cell membrane receptors. So it's so cool. The water in my body is that important. And here's where light and water intersect. We now know that, okay, picture my body, right? I've got this battery of water, like water makes a battery of energy inside of me. Well, a specific range of sunlight, a wavelength range called infrared charges that battery. It literally, when I'm in the sunlight, it can expand this battery fourfold. So that means that I was designed to go be in sunlight regularly because the infrared wavelength penetrates my body the deepest and can take this water battery and charge it up for me. Wow, that's amazing. It's mind blowing. And again, it, I begin to recognize why modern living has disrupted that. Well, number one, I'm not going outside as much. Number two, modern light bulbs have gotten rid of infrared. Modern window glass blocks the infrared. So for all intents and purposes, I'm living in like this deficient infrared deficient state and my water battery, this exclusion zone water battery is just getting drained and drained and drained. And not to mention that things like Wi-Fi and wireless radiation will drain it even more. 
and I'm just never recharging and I'm never going outside and helping that battery expand again. Um, so yeah, sunlight, water, energy, it all connects. It's really cool. Wow. That is incredibly fascinating. And it makes sense, right? Because for thousands of years, we were outside all the time. We literally evolved to be in nature. Yeah, we became, we came from nature, right? You know, and every, every creature, except maybe humans and zoo animals are always in contact with nature, right? And so it, it, it makes sense that we have so many different mechanisms built inside of us that would take advantage of energy from nature. Um, and, you know, we, we were told really that the only way we derive energy is from food and that's blatantly false, right? While we do get nutrients from food and we do get energy from food, there's these other ways that we can support energy in the body and no one really knows about them. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a shame, but that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. Hello, Perry. <laughs> uh, so then let's talk about electrons then. Where do electrons come in? How do we get electrons? What's the deal? Okay, cool, right? So going back to that beautiful question you asked at the beginning, like what does quantum mean? And saying, okay, my body, my body contains electrons. And if I were to kind of count it, right? I would recognize that a healthy body needs more electrons than protons. If we have a negative charge in the interior of our cells. Um, that needs to be maintained. It's, you know, sometimes it's measured in pH, sometimes it's measured in voltage, but either way, it's conclusive that the interior of the cell needs this negative charge. So that basically means that means that this interior of the cell, we, we are electron rich beings. Uh, and so we have to continue to maintain that electron rich status. So how do we do that? What are ways that we can do that? Well, number one, we can continue to build this water battery because if I'm build, if I'm expanding that water battery, I'm building this area of negative charge simply from the water alone. But I have the ability to actually pull electrons into my body from the surface of the earth. And so this is another concept, right? That what I thought was a woo with peck until I actually gave it a legitimate amount of you know research and time and recognize that the surface of the earth is is just full of electrons, right? That's why lightning kind of, that's why lightning strikes to really reestablish, you know, some, some electrical charge, some electrical potential, uh, charges in, in the interior or on the surface of the earth. So the surface of the earth is full of electrons. And I have the ability simply by touching bare skin to the earth to instantaneously pull those electrons into my body, which happens through my connective tissue and that water that I was talking about, that exclusion zone water that surrounds my connective tissue. And if we recognize that my connective tissue is everywhere, it is around every cell, it goes in between every cell, it goes into every cell, into the nucleus of every single cell, that means I basically, through my connective tissue, have a highway with which I can funnel electrons. So what would be an area that would be electron deficient? That would be an area experiencing inflammation. So clients who have things like arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis or have a wound, a surgical wound that they're healing, that's in an electron deficient state, or it actually might have a de higher demand for electrons. And so earthing by touching our bare skin to the earth has shown to calm inflammation within a matter of 20 to 40 minutes, because we're funneling electrons to areas where they're needed and the body can reestablish energy and healthy tissue and healthy function in that area simply from touching the earth. Isn't that incredible? It's so cool. That you can just help your body and support your body with healing by putting your fingertip on a tree or putting your toe in the dirt that's incredible to think about. Yeah. And it happens instantaneously. And what I love about that is that, you know, you'll get an instantaneous electron flow, but equally important to the healing process is making sure we have a balanced nervous system state. And there's also the research on earthing shows that it really was within seconds, our nervous system gets a, gets a, re reaches an equilibrium, right? A really good communication between sympathetic and parasympathetic that we'll see with things like heart rate variability. Um, and so it's, it's cool to note that that just, that, that happens almost instantaneously as well. So even if I only have, it, it, it gave value to like these little 30 minutes that I have, right. Oh, I'm sorry, not 30 minutes, like 30 seconds, even that I have of like, okay, 
you know, right before I came on, right? I said, I got to pee. I had to pee, right? It's like, well, you know, I also uh, took, took 20 seconds to go outside, sink up my eyes to the natural light, touch my bare skin to the earth. And I know it made a difference. It, those little yeah. things make a difference just because of the speed with which this stuff happens. <laughs> and so it really, it, it doesn't feel like that. That was nothing. It feels like I was really doing some, something supportive, even though it was only 20 seconds worth of time. So funny because right before we got on the call, I have like glasses and I have contacts working on that. I'd love to be able to get my eyes back to being able to not wear glasses or contacts. But in the meantime, I have to expose my eyes to the sun before I put contacts in, right? Because contacts have the same thing. They have that UV blocker. They block the, the sun, right? So, and I've asked, can I get ones without it? They don't make those. So right before we got on this call, I stuck my head out the window and, you know, let the sun hit my face <laughs> in my eyes. Uh, and then I put in my contacts and we got on the call, but yeah, even those 10 seconds, 20 seconds that you can, you can gather those electrons, you can gather that natural light. It's potent. It's potent because at, when you look at the body from um, that really fine scale of the quantum level, it operates something called non-linearly. And we're a very linear society, right? Like if I'm trying to, like, if I'm trying to replete a nutrient, I have to continue to add that nutrient into my diet, right? If I'm trying to get stronger, I have to continually increase the amount of strength training or the intensity, I have to increase it in order to feel the changes or to have those changes happen. But at that quantum level, it's all non-linear. It just needs consistent stimuli of certain, certain, in certain ways, just exactly like you described in order to sync things up and allow these cascading effects to take place. So that's why I tell my clients, like if you, it's way better for you to do three minutes at sunrise or three minutes of morning light every single morning, than as opposed to doing 30 minutes once a month, you know, it's like those little hits really do matter when you understand it's a non-linear effect. We're just looking for that consistent stimuli in order for the body to sync up and run the programs. And I think that's really helpful for people who are listening because the majority of people it can feel really overwhelming to think, oh my God, now I have to go into nature for an hour every day. Like, where am I going to find the time for that? But if you can just pop out of your office, go put your hand on the tree. If, even if you're working in an urban city, right? You have a lot of times access to that, or even just stepping outside and letting yourself be exposed to the sun. Such a beautiful way to integrate this without feeling like you have to change your whole entire lifestyle in one swoop. Absolutely. Right. You're a hundred percent. Right. So like I, right. Mama three busy. Right. So my hits of sunlight are typically dropping the kids off at school, um, picking them back up. I'm running errands. I'm after, you know, in, in between, like in my work day, it's a little three minutes outside here, 30 seconds there, you know, those sorts of things. And it matters. And then I, I try you know, once a week, every other week to get a longer nature walk outside, you know, but, but it's by no means like my daily. Yeah. I need three hours in the sun in order to get these effects. It's like, no consistent. Like you said, step out of your office, the way people take smoke breaks, take a sunlight break and just get yeah. that natural sink happening back into your eyes. If you can let the sunlight touch your skin, you'll maybe make some vitamin D, nitric oxide. You'll get some mitochondrial stimulation. That's a good thing. And then like, if you don't want to be a weirdo, right? Cause I know I wasn't ready to do that yet, but like, I'll pretend to tie my shoe and just like allow my fingers to touch the earth, <laughs> right. And yeah. allow those electrons to flow into me that way. So it's like, you don't have to necessarily go barefoot uh, in front of your office. If you're, if you're not ready to do that, <laughs> I'm past weirdo. I'm, I'm like literally oh, laying laying in the grass. Yeah. But, but it's okay. Baby steps, baby steps, ba baby steps, baby steps work. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Me, it's like full-blown snowstorm and my sunroof is open, <laughs> but, but yeah, like baby steps really do matter. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of mitochondria, I know that that is, um, kind of the, the fourth pillar. So can you speak a little bit about mitochondria? I know we've talked about mitochondria on this podcast, but for a lot of people, they don't even know what is, what is mitochondria? Absolutely. So mitochondria are, they, they are basically what are called organelles, which is a cute little word to, to kind of talk about or, little tiny organs inside of our cells. So every cell is packed with different organelles. 
And an organelle that really jam packs the cell is are called mitochondria. And again, you know, maybe what we've heard about mitochondria is that they're the powerhouse of the cell because they make ATP. And ATP is important. And what mitochondria, but what mitochondria really do for us is they take electrons. And those electrons can come from food. Those electrons can come from earthing. They can even come from things like a piezoelectric current, which we make electricity that we make through movement. Um, and those electrons then funnel to the mitochondria. And the mitochondria have this little thing called the electron transport chain. So they pass electrons through these different steps. And at step four, they make water. At step five, they make ATP. Water and ATP run the show inside of the cell. The combination of those two things, that water then can structure itself into this exclusion zone water battery. That ATP can help facilitate protein function, protein folding and unfolding. Um, and it, so basically the mitochondria are really key to maintaining what I would call our energy, the energy status of our cell. When mitochondria are functioning well, they're taking those electrons, making the water, making the ATP all as well. Mitochondria are also sensors of like what's happening. So not only are they funneling electrons, they're also like, okay, what's, are there any, is anything invading the cell? Like, are we, do you have to be aware of anything like that's invading the cell? And they're communicating continuously with the DNA. They release these things called biophotons that are photonic messengers to the DNA. And the DNA are picking that up and be like, okay, I know what's happening. I know what genes need to be expressed. I, I get it. When that goes awry, when the mitochondria do not have the capacity to flow electrons or they sense massive threats and it's like they can't multitask and do both things. So they're going to go ahead and address the threat. That means that the energetic capacity of the cell dwindles. And when it releases it, or when it gets to a certain threshold of when it decreases a certain amount, it's like a cell phone battery draining, 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 draining. And then all of a sudden that cell phone has to decide, okay, no, we can't turn the brightness up. Okay. No, you can't live stream or download this. Oh no, that file. That's not, we, we can't handle that file right now. It's too big. And so you lose functionality. And so the mitochondria start to have to shut down different functions or the cell has to shut down different functions because it doesn't have the energy to do it. And that's where diseases start to manifest depending on the tissue where those mitochondria are getting their, a decrease in their energy production. Wow. And so with ATP, are there ways to increase ATP when it comes to being out in nature? Like when you talk about light, when we talk about gathering electrons, does that impact the ATP in the cells? Absolutely. Anything that, so anything that increases something called the mitochondrial membrane potential, which is like this buildup of protons actually um, in, in, in between the inside of the mitochondria and the outer membrane of the mitochondria, you get this proton gradient and anything that builds up that proton gradient will make help make more ATP. And what will do that really significantly is red and infrared light, especially red light. So that's why those two wavelengths have been targeted in these red light therapy devices and photobiomodulation studies, because we see that it really does increase mitochondrial membrane potential, more ATP and more water, right? So you get both of those, you get those, the benefit of making both of those really key energy components of the cell. We can go into nature and get a very similar effect, right? We may need to be out there a little longer because these wavelengths from these red light therapy devices are more intense. It's a more intense application. So maybe a shorter amount of a time with a red light therapy device but it's also free and it's also supporting our mitochondria when we go outside and we get it from sunlight. And it doesn't have to be sunny. That's a key one, right? It could be cloudy. It could be snowy. And all of those colors of light are still there. So, you know, right? I'm in Michigan. It is not sunny a lot of the year, <laughs> but I still go outside and I feel great because I'm still getting all those wavelengths that are optimizing all these functions and things we've talked about. Mm. That's actually really good to know because so many people feel like if there's not a sun, if, there, if there's not sunshine, then what's the point, right? So it's really good to know that even when it's cloudy or overcast, you can still go outside and get all of the benefits. Nature is so intelligent. <laughs> it knows, right? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And the body is so intelligent on keying in on what's available to us when, even when it's not sunny. I got rid of my seasonal affective disorder. You know, I used to have to have one of those big satellite 
lights lamps on my on my work desk and it, that's gone because i simply recognize i take a short walk in the morning 20 minutes even when it's cold out in the middle of winter and that does everything i need it to do to boost my dopamine my serotonin and really help me feel focused and energized for the day mm. so good so you mentioned some technology so i want to talk about the tech because sure. that's all it's really fun i'm really into that stuff as well so you mentioned red light what are some other technologies that we can utilize to support us right not replace nature that's not the point of it right and i think that's with all biohacking technology in my opinion at least it's like it's not replacing things it's just supplementing and supporting in areas where you might need support so i notice you're wearing some glasses mm, that yes. are very fancy so tell us about those and other technology that you use Sure. So these are blue light blocking glasses from Viva Rays. Um, and so, and actually you're, if, if this, yeah, I, I totally get like the whole biohacking idea of devices. If anyone's interested, I have a, my complete product recommendations guide with all of the fun little tools and stuff. So go out into nature, right? Do your nature stuff. But yeah, there, there, it's sometimes fun to kind of explore this side of things. So these I wear when I'm on screen, when I'm using a screen, the yellow tone to help support my the, the blue light sensors in my eyes right to kind of protect those blue light sensors because they're not they were never intended to get the amount and intensity of blue artificial blue light that they're getting these days for modern living so the yellow tone really helps with that and then i've got the that these are these are fun because you know you can clip them on um, i use the yellow ones to block the artificial light when it starts to get dark this basically will block all the blue light from entering my eyes so my brain recognizes that the day is over as opposed to you know the sun goes down we're done with dinner and homework and all those things and then all of a sudden i stare at the tv with my family and it's like zing cortisol surge i get my second wind i couldn't go to bed you know like that's what was happening with me beforehand before i realized the importance of this and then you know, I, I don't need these anymore. I used to need to use the red ones because they really block even through the blue and green wavelengths of light, which really, it basically tells my pineal gland, it's complete darkness, melatonin surges, and it allows, it allows people to get to bed at a very circadian appropriate time. So blue blockers are a lot of fun. And I think a necessity, at least the orange tone to help support circadian rhythm at night. And there's a lot of brand recommendations, but I do really love the Viva Rays there. They're fun. Um, oh, I didn't know. Actually, I have, I have the red ones. I've yet to get the yellow ones, but I didn't know there was two grades of red. I'm yeah. wondering if mine are more orange or red. I think mine yeah. are a little more orange, but you know, sure. orange are the best place to start because, like I said, this this really helps the brain block the blue light from artificial lights and screens, and it almost sends the signal to the brain that you're just in front of a campfire. So that's soothing, right? It's soothing, it's calming. It's a really, it's a great thing. And most people can get away with just orange ones, even if they are staring at like a television screen, like my husband, my son, even if they're watching sports until the evening, they have, they'll still get to bed at a normal time and feel tired and feel fatigued because they have their orange tone ones on. But let me tell you, that was 10 years in the making time. I was going to say <laughs> how cool that you're, my fiance is, is down with the blue blockers, but it took a while. But cool that your kids are also like, okay, I'll participate. That's well, you know, they, know, they, they, I didn't force it. I like, I, even with my husband, I just did my thing, right? I did my thing. We, we will dim the house. We I have like, you know, like the light bulbs, like little tiny dim light bulbs and stuff to keep the house dim. But I, I just did my thing. I, I, I tried to force it. And it doesn't, didn't work. Doesn't and so work. I just kept on like, okay, well, I'm going to wear these. And, yeah. you know, and it's like your exercise recovery is so much better your you know your skin is so youthful my my son my son recognizes like his eyes get bothered at night if the screen that if he sees a tv screen it's like it's too it's too jarring and so they they now that they want these on if they're going to be watching if they're going to be watching tv or screens after sunset so it's really really cool uh that their their own body is basically asking for it so i'm i'm yeah. happy with that <laughs> happy that. Mama no, right here. it's so true I think we've, I've learned that too with my health stuff, because, you know, <laughs> you want so badly to tell people like, but this is better for you. 
too. You'll be so much happier. You'll be so much healthier, but it doesn't work like that. You just have to model it and, and let people be on their own journey. And a lot of times they'll come on board at some point, but that's the only real way to get people on board. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, it's the path, you know, it, it also takes the, um, I don't know, it, it takes some mental stress off of me as well. It's like, it's not my job to force anybody to do anything right when they're ready. I'm here. I'm here to support yeah. Right. When you're ready, let's go. But until then, okay. Respectfully yeah. just step back. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And so what are some other technologies that you like? I know you said you have your product, um, guide. I'll show you another one I have things? here. Yeah, please, please. Okay. So this is a grounding mat from intuition physician. I like her elect one for electro hypersensitive people. I don't think everyone is electro hypersensitive, but her cord filters out dirty electricity. And so she, and she's got a shielded cable and it's beautiful, like linen and organic cotton. And it's it just, it feels for like a grounding mat. It feels so good. It just is a really great, her product. So the products I like are from intuition physician. Um, all of her products are amazing that I've tried. And if you're a biohacker, you can actually get what's called a continuity meter, which would show you, am I based on the color of that, the light uh, turns when you're holding it, am I really flowing electrons through me? Right. Is my, it, you'll get an outlet tester or you can use a rod outside to, to see. And then it's like, okay, yeah, I am flowing electrons. I'll take it into the woods and legitimately you can actually plug the plug into the dirt and you can then I'll have shoes. I'll have just regular shoes on that'll disconnect me from the earth, but I'll touch a tree. Oh, all of a sudden I'm conducting electrons again. I'll touch this bush. Oh, the light's green. I'm conducting electrons again. Oh, what about the cement? Oh yeah. The cement is conducting electrons. So you can then kind of suss out which surfaces in your environment are ones that you can touch with bare skin yeah. and you know, you're automatically flowing electrons into your body. Oh my God. That's so cool. I do have a grounding mat, but it's kind of old. So I'm, I might be looking for a new one, but I, I sleep on it. Do you sleep on yours? I don't sleep on this one. I sleep on, um, like organic linen sheets. Um, sounds kind of bougie right there, but I do because I feel because that's a very, that they're very good frequency to sleep on. I have found it to be like super soothing. So I, I have played around with grounding sheets. I have found that those sheets right there are really, really what my body okay. needs to, to recover. Yeah. Very cool. And do you use forms of EMF protection at all? Are you into that? I don't do a ton of shielded clothing. Um, but I think that one of the best things we can do is recognize the need to hardwire things, right? Because I don't, I think it's, um, a, an, another thing that we kind of have taken for granted is the idea that the tech, our technology, which is a beautiful thing. Cause we can talk, right. We can have a conversation like this. Uh, but it's, it kind of, it sends a message an EMF that is foreign to my body. It's almost like what I call noise. So while my body is trying to key in on the signals from nature, the sunlight, the earth's magnetic field, the Schumann resonance, the frequencies I get from bird song, and you know, all of these really key factors, there's a ton of noise in our environment from the non-native EMFs. So if we could start to recognize how we could maybe go back to old school hardwiring things, or if we're wearing tracker devices, don't do it all the time, right? Because that's again a way, a way that we're continually like that's radiation. And so the goal would be then to just kind of separate and distance ourselves from the wireless radiation. And then, yeah, you know, I mean, there's things that we can do. I've got some clients who swear by an EMF canopy at night. Some clients love a magnetic sleep pad, um, to sleep on, right. Which also has a bit of a shielding effect in addition to the magnetism that it provides. So, uh, yeah, I would say step one though, is be very aware of what your environment is like in terms of your proximity to wireless devices all the time. Mm, very good. And I don't know, do you turn off your phone at night as oh, well? Yeah. Airplane mode. We unplug the Wi-Fi, yep, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Amazing. Well, on the biohack your beauty podcast, we have three questions we ask every guest. So the first question for you is, what is your definition of beauty? Oh, beauty. My definition of beauty is feeling, be feeling, feeling great inside my own body. It is feeling like I've got the energy to tackle what my day wants. 
feeling like I can respond in what I would view to be a supportive way to whatever the environment is presenting me. Um, and just feeling like I can, I, I can thrive and I can be a contributing factor and, and like a healing, I can be a healing influence to my environment, whether it's my kids, the energy of the planet, you name it. I just feel like it's this internal light that we build that we can then share and emanate. And it helps to, helps to guide our behavior. It guides even how we hold ourselves and carry ourselves. It really is this internal light. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What is your favorite inner or outer beauty tip for listeners? Oh, drink water, clean water. Like I think that we need to stay hydrated. So part of that, there's a, oh gosh, we could do a whole podcast on that, Dora. There's so many different ways we can stay part hydrated. Two. Part two, that's right. Um, but there, I think tissue hydration is so key. It maintains healthy joints. It maintains healthy connected tissue, healthy skin. So I think that from drinking clean, remineralized, structured water, uh, if we can, if I can say that as well, in conjunction with other things that support hydration, like movement supports hydration. So I think staying hydrated is a really, really foundational thing when it comes to, to beauty. Mm. And last question, where can people find you? Oh, fun. Um, you can, so you can either find me on Instagram as my social media hub. Uh, Carrie B wellness is where I'm at on Instagram, or you can go to carriebwellness.com. That's my website. There you'll find things like, uh, access to my free material, free guides, my free product recommendations. You can have access to uh, join my community. If you want to, there's ways to then see all of the courses that I offer. Cause I teach, I, I teach these things in webinars and workshops. So if any of this stuff interests you go there, look and see if there's something that you want to dive a little bit deeper into. And then, yeah, if there's anything else, just get a hold of me, uh, carriebwellness.com and we can chat. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. This was amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Dora. I loved this. Thank you so much. And maybe a part two is in, is in need. Let's do it. <laughs>